Praise the Lord. It's a wonderful day in his house. If you have your Bible, please turn to Psalm chapter 8. You know, the Lord desires friendship. Perhaps we've never really thought of it in this manner. The one who created mankind in his image and likeness, desiring friendship. To think that the author of creation, the first, the last, the beginning and the end, the Alpha, the Omega, the everlasting one, the omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient, sovereign over all, would desire friendship, relationship with humanity. Surely these words are fitting, Psalm 8, verses 4 to 6. What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. The Voice Bible reads, I can't help but wonder why you care about mortals, sons and daughters of men. Have you considered this? Have you thought of this? It should cause us to wonder. Was it not written concerning a mortal man, James chapter 2, verse 23, and the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted that is credited to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. The Lord desiring friendship. Second Chronicles 20, verse 7. Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? And what of Isaiah 41, verse 8? But you, Israel, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the descendants of Abraham, my friend. No, I'm not Abraham, and nor are you. People of God, he wants to be friends with us just the same. Have you considered this? Have you thought of this? What a wonder. A miracle. James 2.23, the Amplified, and so the Scripture was fulfilled that says... Abraham believed in, adhered to, trusted in, and relied on God. And this was accounted to him as righteousness, as conformity to God's will in thought and deed. And he was called God's friend. What do we see here? Abraham believed God. Abraham trusted God, he relied on God, and he conformed to God's will in thought and in deed. 
The voice Bible, Abraham entrusted himself to God, and God credited him with righteousness. And living a faithful life earned Abraham the title of God's friend. The Lord would desire friendship with each one of us. Reading from the message paraphrase, wasn't our ancestor Abraham made right with God by works? When he placed his son Isaac on the sacrificial altar, isn't it obvious that faith and works are yoked partners? That faith expresses itself in works? That the works are works of faith? The full meaning of believe in the Scripture sentence, Abraham believed God and was set right with God, includes his action. It's that weave of believing and acting that God Abraham named God's friend. Is it not evident that a person is made right with God not by a barren faith, but by faith fruitful in works? I love what A.W. Tozer had to say with regards to friendship with God. God's love tells us that He is friendly. And His Word assures us that He is our friend and wants us to be His friends. No man with a trace of humility would first think that he is a friend of God. But the idea did not originate with men. Abraham would never have said, I am God's friend, but God himself said that Abraham was his friend. Humility. That deep humility still awestruck with wonder that he would not only desire, but keep friendship with us. That's his heart. Proverbs 18, 24, there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. The greatest friend, the greatest friendship, the greatest relationship, that friendship is one with the Lord. None can compare. It's nothing like friendship with the Lord. These beautiful lyrics, what a friend I found, closer than a brother. I felt your touch, more intimate than lovers, Jesus, friend forever. What a hope I found, more faithful than a mother. It would break my heart to ever lose each other, Jesus, friend forever. What kind of a friend am I? What quality of friend am I of Him? I know that He is faithful. He's so faithful concerning His role in the friendship, His role in the relationship. We must desire to reciprocate the same. The Lord has long desired friendship with humanity. Listen to the words found in the book of John. John chapter 3, verse 29. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him 
rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. To stand and hear the bridegroom, his beautiful voice. Can you testify today, therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled? The Son of God, Jesus, was on the scene. He came to earth to rescue humanity, to pay the price, to pay the ransom for our freedom, to pay sin's debt. The perfect life, the cross, the tomb, and the resurrection to reconcile us unto the Father that we might have relationship and friendship once again. And friendship with our Lord and Savior. Friendship with Jesus for true Christianity is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not just about going to church, belonging to a church, growing up in a home that was quote-unquote Christian. Having that as your heritage, it's about a personal relationship with Jesus for the individual, down to the one. D.L. Moody said, I have a rule, a rule I have had for years is to treat the Lord Jesus Christ as a personal friend. His is not a creed, a mere doctrine, but it is He Himself we have. Salvation is a free gift, granted and given on the basis of repentance and surrender, acknowledging that we need a Savior, coming to that recognition, spurning our pride, Recognizing that we can't save ourselves. That life is hopeless without Jesus. Concerning now this New Testament era, friendship with God is only possible because of Jesus and by way of Jesus. The cross is the center of history. The perfect, sinless Son of God surrendering His life, laying down His life for us. That we might once again be set right with God and have relationship and friendship. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God not of works, lest anyone should boast. J.B. Phillips, New Testament, but even though we were dead in our sins, God, who is rich in mercy, because of the great love He had for us, gave us life together with Christ. It is remembered by grace and not by achievement that you are saved and has lifted us right out of the old life to take our place with Him in Christ in the heavens. 
Thus he shows for all time the tremendous generosity of the grace and kindness he has expressed towards us in Christ Jesus. Do you realize today the tremendous generosity extended to you? It was nothing you could do or did achieve. It was God's gift to you. No one can pride himself upon earning the love of God. The fact is that what we are, we owe to the hand of God upon us. We are born afresh in Christ and born to do those good deeds which God planned for us to do. Praise the Lord. You know, once we are gloriously saved, there is a friendship that needs developing. A friendship that needs to grow. A friendship that needs to deepen, be strengthened. Yes, he is faithful, so faithful concerning his role in the friendship, and we must endeavor to respond the same. If this friendship, if this relationship with God the Father, with Jesus Christ, our personal Lord and Savior, if this friendship is going to grow, if this friendship is going to deepen and be strengthened. It's going to require time. It's going to require effort and intentionality and commitment and faithfulness. It requires maintaining. Oswald Chambers said to maintain this friendship and faithfulness to the bridegroom, we have to be more careful to have the moral and vital relationship to him above everything else, including obedience. Sometimes there is nothing to obey, and our only task is to maintain a vital connection with Jesus Christ, seeing that nothing interferes with it. Only occasionally it is a matter of obedience. At those times when a crisis arises, we have to find out what God's will is. Yet most of our life is not spent in trying to be consciously obedient, but in maintaining this relationship, being the friend of the bridegroom. Oh, you caught that word? Obedience? Let me remind us that this is not a humanistic relationship. Let me remind us that he is still God and we are not that he is still master and we are not, that he is still Lord and we are not. And yet even in the natural we see for a father and son friendship that is close, still one is the father. It's a picture of how it's supposed to be. Obedience rests on our side of this relationship. Listen to the words of Jesus, John chapter 15, verses 14 and 15. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. If we believe him, 
and believe in him, if we trust him, if we acknowledge the reality of his perfect faithfulness, we will do whatever he commands. Do we understand the depth of his love toward us? John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. The perfect friend is on a mission to take us from glory to glory, from strength to strength, always leading us in victory and in triumph. Let him... James 4, 4 to 8, adulterers and adulteresses. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the Scripture says in vain, the Spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? But He gives more grace, therefore He says... God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Upon reading this, perhaps one might rightly say that friendship with God is enmity with the world. John 17, 11, and 14, and 15, Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Thank Jesus for the word he has given. Thank him for the prayer request delivered to the Father. And thank the Father for his keeping power. And let us continually offer ourselves to him as we live life in this world. Let's work on the friendship. Let's recognize the tremendous opportunity we have is to be friends with God. Let's work. Let's spend time with Him. Let's be intentional. Let's be faithful. Put in the effort that the personal relationship would grow and deepen and be strengthened. Jesus, friend, forever. Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, that as I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, thank Him that His mercy has lifted us up, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, the life we now live in the flesh, 
holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. The margin says it's just our rational service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This is the way. You know, I want to remind us this morning that this friendship with God may attract enemies. Charles Spurgeon said, the good man has his enemies. He would not be like his Lord if he had not. If we were without enemies, we might fear that we were not the friends of God. For the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Think about it. There's a beautifully divine friendship written on the pages of Scripture. It's the friendship of David and Jonathan. 1 Samuel 18, 1-4. Now when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. The footnote, the life of Jonathan was bound up with the life of David. You know, I wonder if the Lord... The greater David deserves a Jonathan. I wonder if the Lord, the greater David, desires a Jonathan. If he's on the lookout for a Jonathan. If he's waiting on a Jonathan to act as Jonathan did. Oh, to enter covenant with the greater David. To love him. To take off the robe of life, of name, of title of status, of rank, and to give it to him. Along with our armor, even sword and bow and belt, the voice Bible reads, Saul's son Jonathan was bound to David in friendship, and Jonathan loved David as he loved himself. Saul took David into his service on that day and would not let him return to his father's home. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as he loved himself. He took off the robe he wore and gave it to David, and also his armor, sword, bow, and belt, symbolically transferring to David his right to ascend the throne. What words? What a friendship. And we know that Jonathan had a heart to protect David. Concerning the biblical characters, David and Jonathan, at a time when Jonathan's father was after David to slay him, and may the Spirit speak if you are a Jonathan and your father or whomever is after the greater David 
you have bound up your life with. At that time, you can read about it. At that time, Jonathan goes deeper in covenant. This was a strong friendship, a strong relationship, a holy bond. Let us have a heart to stand up for and protect the greater David. To report to the greater David, the one whose life our lives are bound up with. Let's work. Let's take the time. Let's spend the time. Let's put in more time, more energy to see this friendship grow and deepen and be strengthened. We're going to have the worship team return today. The Living Bible, David met Jonathan, the king's son, and there was an immediate bond of love between them. Jonathan swore to be his blood brother and sealed the pact by giving him his robe, sword, bow, and belt. In this life, in this world, man might try and occupy the throne of his own life, but this will end in destruction. In this life, or when this life passes, I wonder if there are any here today who would transfer to the greater David, to Jesus Christ, the right to the throne of their life. Those entering the waters of baptism today have done just that. Jesus, the Lord of their life. Jesus, friend forever. Jesus, closest friend. Closer than a brother, closer than a mother, but yet Jesus, Lord, Master, King. I share with you these words, do you wish to be a friend of God? Well then, first you must be fully reconciled to Him. Of course, you cannot remain his enemy and be his friend. That is clear enough. If you are pardoned through the sacrifice of Jesus, if you are justified by his righteousness, if you are regenerated by his spirit, you are no longer God's enemy. Yet that will not entitle you to be called the friend of God. It will entitle you to call God your friend and your helper. But you must go further than that if you would be his friend. Love must be created in your heart. Gratitude must beget attachment. And attachment must cause delight. You must rejoice in the Lord and maintain close communion with him. The offer's on the table today. The opportunity to each individual in this room, a friendship like no other, 
A friendship we can all have, a friendship we all so desperately need, a friendship for a lifetime, a friendship for all times, a friendship for all time, eternity. It can start now, right now, in this moment, this very day. John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Hear these words. Solomon says that he had found a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, not in the haunts of his unbridled pleasures, nor in the wanderings of his unlimited resources, but in the pavilion of the Most High, the secret dwelling place of God in the person of Jesus, the Son of God, the friend of sinners. Let's stand. Trust your soul into his kind hands. Lord, we lift you up. Praise the Lord. Oh, praise for for this. Oh, oh, come on, church. Let's lift this up. Oh, praise the name. Oh, praise.